You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. God's refining fire, God's refinement. God was preparing David to be Israel's next king, even though he had already been anointed back in chapter 10. David had been anointed king by Samuel and by God himself. God had told him, here's my Holy Spirit, and put his Holy Spirit upon David. God had told him, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I will always be with you. God had told him, I will be with you and strengthen you to do the work I've called you to do. But he wasn't king yet. Has God called you to a task that seems impossible? Many times God calls you to something that truly is impossible for you to accomplish in your own flesh because he wants you to depend on his power and strength. Today, Pastor Dave will be encouraging you to draw your strength from God's spirit in all that you do. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23 as he begins his message from Ziph to Moan, the great escape. And David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. This is where we left off last time. Samuel had done a great job in freeing the city of Keilah. He did a wonderful job there. And then they turned on him and basically ratted him out to King Saul, who immediately came down to try to capture him. And David fled to the wilderness of Ziph. Remember... We talked about this in length last week, and it bears repeating a little bit. Ziph literally means refining place. It literally means a place of refinement. And you would think, why would David go there? Why would David go to such a horrid place in the wilderness, in the, the forsaken place, that's a place of refining? Well, for one thing, God led him there. God led him into a place of refinement. And I don't know about you, and I can think of some of your lives and things like that, but I know God has many times led me in a place of refinement. And a refinement place is usually not comfortable. It's usually not a place where you sit back in a, in a hammock and eat bonbons. It's usually a time of testing, a time of great trial. It can be a time of great stress. Fear can come in. Anxiety can come in. It can be a time of great woe. It's not a comfortable place to be. And I love what David Guzik says about this. And I quoted this last week. I'm going to re-quote it. Quote, God guided and protected David, but it wasn't comfortable or easy. This was an essential time for God's work in David's life. He became a man after God's heart in the shepherd's field, but he became a king in the wilderness. Unquote. I like that quote. I like that quote. God's refining fire. God's refinement. God was preparing David to be Israel's next king, even though he had already been anointed back in chapter 10. David had been anointed king by Samuel and by God himself. 
God had told him, here's my Holy Spirit, and put his Holy Spirit upon David. God had told him, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I will always be with you. God had told him, I will be with you and strengthen you to do the work I've called you to do. But he wasn't king yet. He wasn't officially recognized by the nation Israel. Saul was still king. But God was preparing David. And oftentimes, a time of refinement, a place of fire, a place of trial, are preparation. It's a time of preparation. And some of you are thinking, well, can you prepare somebody else? That's okay. Prepare somebody else for a while. No, it's a time of preparing. God wants to prepare you. He wants to get you ready for whatever it is in store that he has for you. It may be as simple, and this is not very simple, but it may be as simple as refining you, making you more holy for the rapture. Remember, the Holy Spirit's job in us is to conform us into who? Us? No. To conform us into our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a refining process. With me it is. It's a refining process. God has to refine you to make you acceptable to the Father. So we have this thing. God was preparing David. He had to burn away all the impurities in David's life. Why? So that people could see God in David. He wants to burn away all the impurities in your life so people can see Jesus in you. After all, isn't that what we want people to see? I do. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want people to see Jesus in this church. I want people to see Jesus in you. I want that. And you want it too. I know that. You want people to see Jesus in you. To look past you and see Jesus. And be drawn to Jesus, not you. That's what God was doing in David's life. In order for David to be the leader God wanted him to be, he had to go through this refining process. In order for you to be the person that God has called you to be, man or woman, husband or wife, child of God or whatever, leader of a church, leader of a Bible study, witnessing whatever, God must get rid of your impurities. God must get rid of those things inside. And that's the Holy Spirit's job. Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. The Holy Spirit convicts you of the sin. Shows you righteousness. Shows you judgment. The Holy Spirit continues to do that even when you're a Christian. The Holy Spirit now is inside you. Showing you these things. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he's given you the empower to do the changes that are needed. Some of you are lacking the power to change because you're lacking the power of the Holy Spirit. You haven't been baptized in the Spirit. And you're lacking that power. God puts us through a refining process. And once the impurities are, are away, people go, I saw Jesus in you. What a compliment that would be. What a compliment that would be if somebody came and said, you know, I saw Jesus in you when you said that. Whoa, praise God. I want him to be glorified in my life. I don't need to be glorified. I don't need to be patted on the back. I don't need to be raised up. I want Christ to be raised up. I want Christ to be exalted. That's my want and only want. Many ask, how can David have such intimacy with God, such a passion for him, such an understanding of the Lord that he could write these psalms in the places that he wrote them, like caves and wilderness? I venture to say it's because of places like caves and wildernesses and places like the refining fire. That's where this comes out of us. God has given us all a story to tell. He's given every one of you a testimony and a story to tell. It's how the Lord specifically dealt with you. How he specifically brought you into the kingdom of God. How he specifically dealt with you. He may have used somebody else. He may have used a concert. He may, who knows what he used. 
But the Lord uses things in your lives, and each of you have a specific testimony. And I tell people to write two testimonies. I tell them to write the Reader's Digest version, the short little quip that you could tell on the fly. And then I tell them to write the full version, which might be a lot longer. Because you need to read that over and remember what the Lord has done. Remember how he's taken you out. Taking you out of the wilderness, showing you many wonderful things. We all have a story to tell. And it's in the time of the refining process, guess what happens? What grows in the time of the refining process? Our faith. Our faith grows. Because I don't know about you, but it's on the refining process on those times when I'm driven to my knees. Those times when I'm driven to my knees and I cry out, God, what's going on? Help. I got your attention, Dave. Now we can talk. Faith grows during the refining process. We're all different, but the refining process takes longer than we might think sometimes. The refining process might take longer than you think. Sometimes it's shorter depending upon who you are. We must submit to the process. You must submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. You must submit Remember, the Holy Spirit is the agent of the Godhead at work on earth right now. He is the agent at work right now. The Holy Spirit. And who does the Holy Spirit testify of? Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is testifying of Jesus Christ within you, and he wants to do this refining thing, so he may lead you through these things. He may lead you through things just like David. We have to submit so that we can see that reflection of him. Now I look in the mirror dimly. But when I see him, look at 14b. Saul sought him every day. Wow. Saul sought David every day. Imagine this, if you will. You wake up in the cave. You go over and you shave and you look in the mirror. Actually, they didn't shave. They had beards back then. And you start looking over your shoulder. Always looking over your shoulder because Saul is seeking you, seeking to take your life. Always wondering what lay behind every door. Always wondering, is this the day I'm going to be caught? Is this the day that I'm possibly going to be killed? Always listening for footsteps. Always looking around, being paranoid as heck, not trusting anybody. Because you never know, you've already been turned in by a whole city. Doeg is on your trail. The Edomite. And and everywhere you go, people are wanting to kill you. The entire Israeli army is after you. Imagine having that every single day. Imagine that, having that every single day of your life. Wow. Uh, Look at verse C of uh, verse 14. But God. But God did not deliver him into his hand. Saul sought and sought and sought and sought and looked and looked and looked and looked, heard stories, chased and chased and chased and chased, but God never delivered David into his hand. God is sovereign. His refining process takes a while. And while you're in the refining process, he surrounds you. He keeps you safe. He keeps you safe. He's with you. I'll never leave nor forsake you, Christ said. I will never leave nor forsake you, which means he's with you always. He's never, you're never alone. We're never, ever alone. He always has his hand upon you during the process. And just as as God was with David, God is with you. 
God is with you today. So when Satan comes roaring in like a lion, and when he seeks to devour you, you have to know with confidence that God is with you. That greater is he in you than he is in the world. God is there. Now, others may leave you and others may abandon you, but God never will. He'll never abandon you. He has never abandoned you in all the times. Oh, you may abandon him. You may walk away from him, but he's right there when you turn around. Arms open. Arms open. His love is still coming to you. Others are going to forsake you. Others are going to betray you. This ministry may hurt you. Never our intent, never our intent, but we might. And we're sorry for it. We're sorrowful when someone's hurt by a mistake or something like that, a misunderstanding. We're sorry. It hurts us. It hurts our hearts. Not our intent to hurt anybody because we're a body. And if the little toe hurts, we all hurt. Try stubbing your toe. Your whole body hurts. Try getting a toothache. Your whole body hurts. It's important to us. But God won't leave you. God won't forsake you. God always love you. Look at verse 15. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Zeph in the forest. So David knew Saul was a coming. David knew Saul was coming after him. He was coming after him. David knew. Look at verses 16 and 7, 18. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I will be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own home. In the middle of the refining process, I love this about the Lord. I really love this about the Lord. In the middle of the refining process, as we start to grow weary, as we start to get downtrodden because the refining process we said hurts and it's not comfortable, the Lord sends a friend to comfort you. The Lord sends someone in. Hey, bucko, how you doing? Are you hanging in there all right? Are you doing okay? Let's read some scripture. Let's pray. The Lord sends somebody into you. You know, Mark had a great teaching on, on Monday night about Timothy. Timothy, how he was worried about the Thessalonians. He was so worried about their faith and so worried about what they were doing and so worried about them. He says, I'm going to send you my son, Timothy. I'm going to send you Tim. He's going to come down there and he's going to come back and report to me. He's going to report to me how you were. Timothy went down and he encouraged the Thessalonians. He encouraged them and gave them Paul's word. And then guess what? He comes back and he encourages Paul. He comes back and gives Paul an uplifting story and an uplifting faith. Oh, when you're in the refining process, when things are going horribly bad, when you look like you can't go on more, we need a friend who comes. We need a friend who comes, and we have a friend, a friend who sticks closer than a brother, Jesus Christ. And he encourages you. And I'm always drawn back to Acts. When Paul went from Athens, he was downtrodden. He was beaten. He just, oh man, he had had it. He didn't feel like he succeeded in Athens because not many people were saved. Every place else he went, there was this huge revival. But in, in Athens, he was beat up because these, these philosophers, these men who were thinkers, really got after him. And he felt like maybe he didn't present Jesus the way he should have presented him. And he was so beat up and so hurt. He, he, was, he was moaning and groaning. And the Lord said, do not fear. 
I have people in this city. No harm will come to you. The Lord meets him right where he is and encourages him and lifts him up. And this is what Timothy did when he came back from Thessalonica to see Paul. We need friends like that, ladies and gentlemen. We need friends that are going to encourage us. We don't need people to tear us down. Believe me, there's plenty out there. Plenty out there, and they all have numbers. They all seem like they're number one. I don't know, but they all want to tear you down. They all want to rip you apart. They all want to drag you through the mud. We need friends to come alongside us and encourage us. Friends to come alongside us and pray with us, to lift us up and to build us up. You know what they're called? Encouragers. People who have the gift of encouragement. Too many people do nothing but tear down, tear down, tear down, tear down. Hey, how about build up, build up, build up, build up? Do you want to be torn down, torn down, torn down? No, you want to be built up. So other people want to be built up also. We need friends like that. We need friends like that. Jonathan risked his life to see David. His father was not happy about this relationship between Jonathan and David. We've been there. We, we looked at that. Dad was not too happy. In fact, he threw a spirit, Jonathan. That's how unhappy he was. But his help, look what he wants to do. Go back to, go back to uh, where is it? 16. Strengthen his hand in God. Jonathan didn't want to come and have an attaboy party. He didn't want to come and have them both esteem each other and go, yeah, yeah, we're bad, we're cool, yeah, this thing. No, he came to strengthen David's hand in God. It was a godly visit. It was a godly visit to strengthen him up, to build him up in God, because he knew what was happening. He knows. Don't fear. He says, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I will be next to you. And even my father Saul knows that. And when we're struggling, we're down. We need that brother or sister to come alongside and encourage us and pray with us. We need that brother or sister to come down and refocus us on the Lord. I call it centering. I call it centering. Because sometimes I get off center. Sometimes the waves of the world, the woes, the trials, the tribulation, the refining process causes me to get off center. And every now and then, a brother will come along and just when I need it most, and they'll recenter me, focusing on Christ, focusing on the crucifixion, focusing on the cross and what happened there. That's what I need. That's what you need. We need to be recentered. We need to be focused on the cross and the cross of Christ and him crucified. We need to see that. We need to be centered on that. And what does that do? When that happens, where do we go? We don't go to the person who showed us that. We fall in the arms of a loving Savior. We fall into his arms and get his comfort because his comfort is so much better even than the best of friends. Loving comfort of our Savior is so much better. We need to be centered. Jonathan was a good friend. He doesn't buy into David's worry. I love that. He didn't buy it. That's what a good friend does. A, God, a good friend will not allow you to worry. A good friend won't be concerned with your anxiety. A good friend will lead you to Jesus Christ. He assures David of God's promises. We all have promises from God. They're right here. We all have promises from God. We need to be assured of them. We need to know that they're true. And that's what Jonathan's doing for David. I love it. I love it. He ensures David of God's promises. He ensures that David, the Lord, is with him. And we'll see him through this. You will be king of Israel. Those are powerful words. This leads me to believe that maybe David had some doubts. Remember, getting up every morning knowing that somebody was ready to kill you. 
Man, that must have been hard. And this lasted for a long time, folks. We're not just talking a day or two. We're talking for a long, long time. This is what each of us need. Someone who will not allow us to fall into worry. That's what I want as my friends. Hey, knock it off. Get your eyes back on the Lord. Get your focus back where it belongs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Stop looking at your circumstances. Someone who will strengthen the Lord's hand in me. You know, we all at various times look for sympathy. We all want an ah, poor baby. I know I like an ah, poor baby now and then. I want somebody to come up to and go, ah, poor baby. Jonathan doesn't do that. Jonathan doesn't give David an ah, poor baby. He says, focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. I love that. Trust in the Lord. Put away your fears and don't sorrow. God is with you, and you can stand up against this. You can do it, David, because God is with you. Sadly, this will be the last time that Jonathan and David ever see each other. This will be the last time that Jonathan and David ever see each other, because in eight chapters from now, Jonathan is killed alongside his father as they battle the Philistines as 1 Samuel comes to a close. It's a very sad time. They don't know that, but look at the plans they had. Look at the plans they had. Look at it. It says, you shall be king of Israel, and I will be next to you. I'll be next to you. That, what a brotherhood. What a brotherhood. Some of us in here have that kind of a brotherhood. We can all have that kind of brotherhood. Will we just let go of some of the things that are biting us down? We can all have that kind of brotherhood. It's a sad time. So the two of them made a covenant again before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his house. Even Saul knew that Jonathan was right. Makes you wonder why Saul continued to pursue David, doesn't it? Must have been a very distressing spirit that Saul had from the Lord. Remember how the Lord sent a distressing spirit on him? The spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of the evil one. God had allowed that to come upon Saul, and he was incensed. He was obsessed. But you know what? Some of us get so obsessed. We get so incensed with different things. We have anger issues. We have all these kind of things. And we get incensed upon different things. And we demand to have our way. This is what Saul wants to do. I want David dead. I'm the king. Got to be careful of those obsessions. Those obsessions that come from the world, come from the evil one, come from the flesh. We got to be careful of those obsessions. They'll destroy you. They will pull you down faster than you can think. They will destroy you. We focus on what others have or what others are doing or what others have done to us and we allow our faith to slip. We allow our faith to slide because our eyes are no longer on the Lord Jesus. God's hand was upon David. But God's ways sometimes are uncomfortable, folks. Sometimes God's ways are not very comfortable. We way too often think that because we're Christians, we're not going to go through any type of afflictions or even have any persecution. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, sorry. Sorry, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. Sorry. I'm sorry. You will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have times of woe. But be of good cheer. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. I love that. You are sure.
Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m., along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.